0: Hey everyone, I'm Alexa Golden. And I'm Haley Piper. And, and together, we are the Gossip, gossip and Gratitude Podcast. Podcast. Tune in each week to get a taste of what life's really like in your 20s.
1: We'll be bringing you all the relatable gossip from getting dumped to landing that first job after college. So
0: sit back, grab some wine, and let's spill some tea. Hey guys, back at hey it again. Everybody. It's another Monday, another week in paradise. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it's up. already March. That's frigged. It's almost a year to date of me working from home. And that's like... Yeah, that's wild. wild. When I like refer to work, I I always say like, when I used to work in the office, we did this. And I'm like, that's crazy. It's like BC before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's so crazy. It makes me it's like... so wild. Where has Who would have freaking thought that like a year later, we'd still be here? <laughs> I know. Even like this past summer, I was so certain I'd be back in the office like july august i was like yeah we'll be vaccinated like early 2021 and i'll be flying to europe in september yeah (laughs) and i was like just kidding little did we know yeah (laughs) everything has just been freaking rug has still continued to be pulled out and seriously i'm learning about uncertainty and dealing with it but that's another topic for another day yeah (laughs) it's a weighted (laughs) topic i'd say yeah today
1: we're freaking talking about houses and home buying because Hales has a special
0: announcement well as of today i mean what's left to do we did the home inspection the financing is all gone through and i and myself and Gerald are gonna be homeowners and that kind of makes me uh, yeah wow wow this is crazy (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you all about it in the episode just the emotional roller coaster that i've been on but yeah i think uh lex and i have both learned a lot in the process and and just like as some bitches in our 20s i think it's becoming a very relatable thing for people who are either buying a house or moving out to experience uh-huh. these things and it's like so frustrating because like you look at your well it's not frustrating but you ask your parents you say hey mom and dad like how was this for when you did it and they're just like oh, you know, we just did it. And I'm just like, okay, can you explain the steps? Like, how do I deal? So it's kind (laughs) of like the people that you are finding, like, reassurance and relatability in are, like, your friends or the people who are doing it. So
1: Exactly. That's the thing, too. Like, my parents have only ever owned one house, the one they live in now. And they bought it, like, 20-some years ago. So, like, things have changed so much. And, like, they don't remember, like, the process as much as, you know what I mean? So it's nice to have your peers going through the same thing. And having and, that guidance. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're definitely um, in, like, a very lucky situation where mm-hmm. we are able to afford to buy houses and be in this position because I know definitely. a lot of people aren't. But I think where we are, it was it's very common to, like, live at home while you're going through school and until you're in your early to mid-20s, right? So I think it gives you a chance to kind of save your money and have that opportunity. So I think we're definitely lucky. So yes. just, like, to preface this episode... If yes. you're not in a position to like buy a house, like don't feel discouraged because A, it'll come with time and B, maybe not everybody even wants to be a homeowner. Oh, like yeah. that's totally fine. Like there's pros and cons to renting and buying for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's not something that you're looking to do in your twenties, yeah. you know, these tips can definitely apply later down the road if you're maybe wanting to do this later on in life. So just a little.
0: Premise. Yes, I agree. And we also live, cause I was thinking about like kids our age, who live in, say, like a big city like Vancouver or something, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a whole different ballpark than we live in good old suburbia over here. So, exactly, exactly, definitely. I agree with that full heartedly. And I just think, yeah, there's pros and cons to both. So, before yeah. we deep dive into that, I almost just deep dived into it. I almost forgot that, like, we do a gossip and gratitude and that we had to have a gratitude moment. So, yeah. Lex, tell me what you're grateful for. Okay. This
1: week, I am friggin' grateful for Pinterest. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> because honestly, it relates to this episode because I feel like it just gives all the inspo and all of the, like, motivation to do fun things in your house. Yes. And I, I just, I'm on Pinterest, like, almost every day. And yes. I feel like as you get older, Pinterest just becomes so much more relatable because mm-hmm. it's, like, recipes and, like, home inspo and outfit inspo and, like, cleaning tips yeah. and, like, just everything. Like, I just am on it all the time. So I'm just grateful for Pinterest because I feel like it's such a reliable resource and I just freaking love it.
0: I agree. I feel like it's so funny too, the phases you go through with Pinterest. Like right now I'm on like a cool outfit inspo phase or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like planning home pieces and stuff. I agree. I think that's a very fun one. Mine is like, I just like noticed this this week and it just made me feel good. But I'm just grateful for like how much music has impacted my life always. Mm. Like I just feel like, growing up I was always like a more musical individual like I played piano and I danced so like it's always been like I don't know it just makes me feel some type of way and just like I feel like when you haven't when you're just going through your days and you haven't like okay don't you find sometimes music hits different at different times like during the day and you needed to hear that song or something and it just like kind of lifts your vibe I just feel like It's really been a week where I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I had some Red Hot Chili Peppers on. I hadn't listened to them in so long. And I was like, oh, yeah, this feels good. Or, like, some Sublime or even, like, some new country tunes. I was like, man, I'm so grateful for how music makes me feel. Like, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. this has got to be an outer body experience. (laughs) I also love,
1: like, one of my favorite things is when you listen to, like, a certain song or a certain album Mm. that, like, is from a certain time of your life. And yes. it just, like, brings you back to that moment.
0: Yes, I like, love that. Like, I literally
1: died. It's so good. Do you have an album that just, like, does that for you? Yeah, there's a few. Um, like, the summer that Sean and I started dating, mm. I was listening to my favorite album of all time. Lord. Which is Melodrama by Lord. Yeah. And so whenever I think like listen to that it just brings me back to that summer and like Mm. I did a road trip to Vancouver and like listened to that pretty much the entire way yeah so like it
0: reminds me of that trip and just like that summer in general so it like speaks to my heart (laughs) yes no I love it I love when um like a banger comes on that just like resonates with some sort of memory that you have. And you're just like, like, especially country music this time of year when you're feeling like gloomy. And I'm like, oh, baby, summer's coming. Yeah, exactly. I love that. No, it's just such a good feeling. I just really been lifting my vibe. Mm -hmm. Okay, shall we take a deep dive?
1: Yeah, so let's start off. We're going to chat a little bit about, I guess, like renting versus buying and like some of the pros and cons. Because I think for me personally, like I never really thought about, like, the differences between renting and buying when I was young. Like, I was kind of just like, oh, like, you know, I'll just rent when I'm able to move out. Like, that'll be the thing. Because, like, I'll never be able to afford to, like, live in a house that I own, like, blah, blah, blah. So I think, you know, looking at kind of some of those pros and cons and, like, why would you want to buy versus just renting? Yes, I agree.
0: I'll let you start us off, Lex, and I'll follow Okay,
1: so I feel like the main thing that people sit like, basically the main con of renting is that, you're kind of throwing your money away in a sense because your money's just going towards your landlord, right? So that you're not really making any kind of investment or Mm -hmm. any, like, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of going to somebody else and then it's gone.
0: Yes. Yes. I agree with that. I think, I think that's the con of renting. I think, um, I've been doing some learning about that and, so, obviously, the pros are that you get a bit more flexibility, like, if you are in school or if you're not sure where your job is going to be or you just don't want to be tied down. I, I, yeah. I like the appeal of that. And so, it gives you some more option and flexibility as well as it can be more affordable um, and gives you a bit more financial freedom because I was, like, comparing it and depending where you're renting and depending on like interest rates and housing prices at that time likely you're going to be paying less as a renter because you're not worrying you're not paying the all the extra extra exactly
1: yeah well yeah and like you said with the flexibility too it's nice because if you're not really sure like what neighborhoods or areas that you're thinking of or potentially if you're like only planning to live in a certain city for like a shorter period of time maybe you just want a year lease or something shorter so that you can have the option to try out different places kind of see what you like um you're not locked down as much as you are with a house obviously yes um but in the same sense if you kind of look at it on the other side it is hard when you're locked into a lease. True. Sometimes, depending. And I think the other there. kind of con about the renting side is that you do have to deal with a landlord. Mm, mm-hmm. So you aren't able to do whatever you want to your property. Like, you can't make renovations unless, you know, it's something you run by them. Like, even a lot of places, like, you can't even paint. Yeah, you know? that's true. So that I think true. it's it's that's definitely a con if you're somebody who's very into, like, interior decorating and mm. you want your space to feel like yours – um, you can't do whatever you want. Um, and a lot of things you do have to run by your landlord. Totally. And sometimes landlords could be a pain in the ass and you might have to deal with a bit of an asshole. So then you're always constantly dealing with that. A bit so of a I battle. think that can be
0: a battle. That's so true. I think I've actually been like, this is an interesting topic to me in the sense of, because I think a lot of times renting people get this like flack of like, oh, you're not investing, you're not building equity. And so then... There's been this discussion circulating more f- now. I mean, it's obviously been a thing forever, but just the idea of when you're renting and if you take the funds that say your rent is like 1500 a month and the difference that you would pay as a homeowner maybe in like other expenses for your house, taking mm-hmm. those funds and investing them is going to be... I think that it's just kind of becoming the more... I don't know. It's just a way that you can build up the equivalent... Not necessarily the equivalent, but equity in a sense or investment. Because I think that's a lot of times what people are like, buy a house, build equity, buy a house, it's yeah. build equity. So you can partake in investing and building funds and by doing that. Like, you don't have yeah, to buy in a house different way. to invest. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, yeah, like some people just choose not to
1: invest in property. And that's totally exactly. fine. There's other ways that you can build... Uh, money yes so I think think that's that's definitely a huge thing and another thing too with renting that I think a lot of people like to consider is that it's you don't have the headache or like the stress of having issues with your home so like if there's something that goes wrong with like one of your appliances or like there's a leak or something like you can just call your landlord and like that's something that they'll take care of on their end exactly and it's you know, when you own a home, obviously all of those things, it's up to you to figure it out, yeah. to front the cost, yeah. to do all that. So that's another thing as well, where you would be spending more money as a homeowner because you have to front all the costs exactly. for that, for labor and for fixing things and everything. So Exactly.
0: And yeah, I think it's just a bit of a less of a headache too, to rent because you don't have to yeah. do all this extra bullshit and
1: um yeah exactly well everything's just like included right in your rent like you don't have to worry about you know like property insurance and taxes and all that because it's all just like compounded as one thing as rent right so it's it's a lot easier and more streamlined if you don't want to have to worry about all the paperwork
0: yes (laughs) and as a young person i do think it is a nice ease into um moving out because it's a bit less daunting it feels like a little bit less of a commitment less concrete yeah so i think that's also the benefit and i think it's a very appealing too as like when you age like say you're into retirement and you don't want to have a mortgage payment i think that's also very appealing if you haven't paid off your house kind of thing yeah so but that's that is that side and we will deep dive into the owning buying side um I guess the one that everybody always loves to say is you get to build equity in a house and everybody's <laughs> like, what the fuck is equity? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, cool. <laughs> yeah. But what even is that? So I had to Google it because I still these terms, like just because I work in a financial industry, it's different. I don't know. didn't resonate in my mind. Uh-huh. Um, so basically each year you're building equity, quote unquote, in the sense that you're paying the principal payments that are going towards your house that, is like your portion that you own of that home that so I think I think that's a benefit obviously is when you go to sell it you've built that much equity that's kind of like the return in a sense that you're gonna get on that sale I think the other aspect of it too is when you own your home you can
1: increase the value of your home by things that you can do so obviously like renovations and updates that you want to do you know when you go to sell it if you've let's say redone your kitchen or redone the bathrooms stuff like that it's only going to help you I mean depending on the market obviously yeah but if you're selling at a good time when the market is like strong for sellers then you know you can make money even like on your property totally so
0: I think that's something really interesting that I also have been learning is Growing up, I always thought like, okay, invest in a house, you're going to make money no matter what. But buying a house can be it also might not appreciate in value like you might also risk. It's a risk. It's like any investment. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of times that just gets, that's a myth almost out there where it's like you buy a house, you'll make money when you sell it, which is not always the case. It really depends on what happens in the market all that time when you go to sell so I think exactly
1: and I think it also depends on how long you're planning to keep a property so Mm -hmm. like for example if I look at my parents they bought their home you know back in the 90s yeah so obviously from the 90s to now their house is going to increase in value because the dollar has increased the whole neighborhood has changed the dollar has changed everything so like you know, they're tripling their investment on what they paid for their house. Exactly. So if you're somebody who's maybe planning to just live in your house for like five years and then you want to sell it, that's something else to consider because the market won't be changed as drastically in only a few years as it could be in like a couple decades. That's
0: so true. It's the long run, baby. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I guess some more cons. I'm such a negative Nancy. Um... (laughs) It's a bigger commitment and you will have less disposable income just because the fact that your payments are going to be higher regardless. If if the interest rates are low like as they are right now, obviously your mortgage payment will be lower, but your payments will still be more than renting just in the sense that you gotta pay your utilities, your all your all that extra jazz and especially when you're a new homeowner, you gotta buy all those upfront costs of like a couch and spices and (laughs) all that
1: stuff. So Yeah. And I think though like once you kinda get into the flow of things, like it's definitely comparable in price. Like when Sean and I have kind of compared with some of our friends who rent right now mm-hmm. and what they're paying currently to rent slash their utilities and, like, parking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It is actually a very comparable cost. And in some senses, we're actually paying a little bit less I think that's... Uh, than they are as well. But it's just a little bit more complex because you are paying all these separate bills and it's not as easy and streamlined. Yeah. But when you really do compare the costs depending on the area and where you yeah. are and such it can actually end up being cheaper but like you said the upfront costs like a down payment and all the things that have to go into buying a home which we'll talk about yeah you know it is more in the beginning Mm -hmm. so that's something to consider
0: I also was thinking about this the other day too where it's it's like the initial home buying is more daunting I think than when you were to buy like your second or third home because that's that big start and then mm-hmm. once you've like built equity, say you go to sell your home and you're rolling those funds into your next home. I don't know. I just feel like the first one seems to be the most daunting because yeah. it's the first time you're putting funds into something like that and then you get the yeah. ball rolling. And uh, But I think that's, but yeah, I guess the pros are you get that freedom. It's your property. And that's one of my biggest excitements is like I can play beer pong in my garage and be yeah. loud and rip and rip around in my backyard and just be kind yeah. of crazy exactly and uh, And you can do whatever you
1: want like I can paint the walls I can rip the kitchen out I can redo the floors I can hang shit on the wall and put nails in the wall and like literally do whatever i want to the outside and the inside and you don't have to ask anybody yes just make it your own and exactly. i love that and i think both of us are very like into yes decorating and all that so i think it's very fun that's my biggest incentive i'm just
0: like yeah. let me make this place sick and instagramable yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> a lot of people be like shit she's got a yeah. ass house yeah exactly <laughs> like <laughs> you won't get fed because i don't have any money to buy food but look at this wall art. <laughs> exactly <laughs> So yeah, obviously, and obviously it very depends on, because people are going to give you their opinion without you even asking. So Mm -hmm. it really depends on if you are wanting to rent, if you're wanting to buy, like it's all situational and what you value. Like some people don't have any want to buy a home and that's totally okay. Don't have to do it because everybody's doing it or, you know, it's very up to you. So don't let people sway you into a Decision that you are not comfortable with, so exactly. That's a life lesson I'm learning that applies to every aspect of life, and that's hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to not compare yourself, and I'm definitely really bad for that, and it's something I want to work on. But like, I'm. It's, it's hard. hard to not compare yourself to other people and
0: 100%. all that, and get influenced yes. by what people are doing. So I agree. All right, shall we? What's the next step? So you you're like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna buy. So then the next step is to first figure out what you could even afford I'd say exactly
1: I think finance is the main thing that you need to start with because there's really no point in even looking ahead at places and all that until you know your budget because yes. you could be completely off in what you can afford and then you're like oh shit like yeah
0: <laughs> my dream house is a five hundred thousand dollars yeah and I, and only, I got approved for two hundred yeah 000. exactly like, you know you know so I think
1: that's like the first initial thing you need to think about yes um so what i would say and i mean give me your opinions but i think uh once you've decided something you want to do the first thing you need to do is look at your savings slash start saving yes so there's a few different things that you need to be saving for obviously a is going to be your down payment yeah so i feel like having like a nice sum of money there and i think the minimum is five percent yes yes so i think what I would do is go get approved, go to a bank yep. and talk to them or a mortgage broker yep. and say, look, I'm looking to buy a house. This is, And then they'll basically take you through the whole process. And I think you can touch on this because yes. you just did it. Yes,
0: But I yeah. think that's
1: initial step one.
0: I agree. So it's that's the daunting part, I feel like. And that's the part even you're going to go into it and you're going to have no idea what any of this entails. So I feel like we for example we went to a mortgage broker and just kind of said hey we're looking to buy a house and they kind of guide you through that like what kind of documents they're going to need to do the initial pre-approval just an example of what we needed because this is something too where i'm like it's nice to know these things so you can maybe like put these things in like a uh, email folder or like a filing folder so then you're not like stress digging but mm-hmm. some example is you're going to need your a recent t4 from your prior year um pay stubs a letter of employment which is something i didn't even know what that was i could have to google it and then you have to like email your hr um if you work uh if you're employed mm-hmm. in that sense and get a letter of employment um so that's kind of that and then we were in discussion with the mortgage broker and just kind of the next step is they calculate what you would be pre-approved for so obviously if i were to just get a mortgage on my own the pre-approval would be far less than gerald and i going in together right um and i just feel like you're going to get pre-approved. Like you might get pre-approved for a large amount, but that doesn't mean you need to spend that full amount. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, and that's I, think I also thing. want
1: to just touch on this too, because for me um, being self-employed, yeah. the approval s- situation is a little bit different. So I actually wasn't able to get approved as a self-employed person because there's a lot more loopholes and rules that you have to go to because it's harder for them to prove you know your income because obviously yeah. when you're employed you have the pay stubs, you have the letter of employment so it's easy to be like this is how much I make.
0: Exactly. Um
1: so if you're somebody who's self-employed, I I mean this is from a year or two ago that I looked into this, but it was you had to have been working for yourself for a minimum of 3 years. Yeah. And basically what they would do is take a average of your monthly income. Yeah. So, you know, some months you might be making like really good money, you had a really good couple of months. Within other months, you make a little bit less. So they take the average of all those months to kind of calculate what? that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit more complicated. Um, and I think it's definitely harder to get approved and to yeah. get approved for as much as you would be if you were employed. Yes. Um. So that's also something to consider.
0: I agree. I think learning, um, seeing, um, learning both sides of the coin, the reason that they do that is because at the end of the day it's shitty but the bank is always trying to obviously protect themselves so that i'll talk more about that with like the mortgage insurance situation and stuff but a bit more on down payment so this is kind of a daunting thing because i feel like kids growing up like personally so i growing up i worked from age probably 16 and through university and like To be honest, buying a home was never my top priority, like traveling and and that kind of stuff, like investing in the stock market was more of a priority to me than buying a home. So I never really put money away for a down payment. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's very normal. So I don't think, like I felt almost a bit like guilty that I didn't do that. And I was like, you know what, no, it's okay. Like I think it's very common. A lot of people have to pay for schooling. They have to pay for maybe you're renting and you don't have extra funds to be putting away for a down payment. Yeah. Um there are options though because uh that'll get more into the mortgage insurance, but I just think there's even options if you don't have the 5% down. There are like talking so we went through a mortgage broker and mm-hmm. they kind of very much help you because they're wanting to help you get what you want, a house yeah. e- essentially. Um obviously within reason. So there are options out there. So and even if you have an RRSP, you can do you can um, do a first I think it's first time home buyer prep plan and you can pull yeah your so you RRSP. can use your money from that exactly yeah and I
1: think another thing so I guess the the pros to having more of a bigger down payment though yes. is that your down payment is basically added on top of whatever you've been approved for yes. so for example this is just like a total example let's say you had $50,000 saved yeah. for a down payment and you got approved for $350,000, that means that technically you could afford to buy a $400,000 home because you get that added on top. So I think the benefits to having more money saved is just that it gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of what you can afford.
0: 100%.
1: And then also, if you're able to put 20% down on your home, you avoid having to pay... Mortgage the insurance, mortgage, insur- mortgage insurance. So it's an extra. You got to save money in the long run.
0: Yeah, but it's so,
1: obviously hard. Like I don't think a lot of people really can afford to do a twenty percent oh, down because no. that's quite a lot. So it's definitely something to consider. Um, but yeah, this is getting into more complex it like topics. But I mean, I kind of want to dive a little bit into yeah. This. Because mortgage rates right now are really low because of COVID and like just the economy. Mm -hmm. So it's a good time to buy because even though you might not have the 20% and you're going to have to pay your mortgage insurance, you're going to be saving money on your mortgage rate for the next five years. So it kind of evens itself out.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of moving factors, which is a bit daunting if you've never really like looked into this kind of stuff. So yeah. I agree. I think with that, with the um interest rates being lower, it's more affordable, especially when you don't have that 20% down, like you said. Um yeah. also don't feel bad because it's very common to just not have that 20% down. I think it's yeah it's um it's very normal and it's not the end of the world. Like they're there's some calculators out there. I'll link one, but this one was really eye-opening because it kind of shows you how much mortgage insurance you'd be paying with like 5% down, 10% down. Yeah. Um, it's called realtor.ca. Um, so I think that was really nice to know. And it's again, not the end of the world. Like if you want to buy a house, you'll find a way. And mm-hmm. I just think basically I also, okay, don't do this because this was bad, but I wanted to understand mortgage insurance. I feel like there's so much stuff out there on the internet that like is so misleading. Like, okay, am I going to be paying this forever? Like, what's the situation? Like so many like me, 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 like opinions and thoughts. So basically all mortgage insurance is, is it's protection for the lender. So the bank that in case I were to not be able to pay i was gonna default and not be able to pay the mortgage there this is insurance that covers them so the bank is fine they're like i'll lend yeah. you the money as long as you're paying that additional amount to make sure that i'm not screwed in the end so it's right. not a, it's not a bad thing it's just no reality and um i'd say ask talk about it with your your bank or your uh, mortgage broker because there's so much out there on the internet and it can be, like, I had to cry because I was like, I don't I don't understand and I just don't know what's happening, you know? Yeah, exactly. They'll explain it to you. Like, obviously, most people don't just, like, know
1: this information oh, when God, they're no. starting off. So yeah. it's very common to, like, ask questions. So, like, don't feel bad if you don't understand. I agree. Um, or talk to friends that maybe have gone through it or your parents oh. or whoever you can. I think that's always really helpful. I think talking to people, like, just regular people that are also, like, yes. know the bare minimum is, is is nice because they can explain it more in layman's terms and, like, in a way you'll understand because maybe sometimes the bank might explain it in a yes. way that you're like, huh?
0: Like... <laughs> I agree. And, and getting that reassurance because I remember, like, Jill and I were discussing about this, like, how much down payment? What are we doing? And yeah. just getting that reassurance from, like, other friends who are like, yeah, to be honest could only afford like 5 to 10% down because that's very normal. You just went through university. So having that reassurance to be like, okay, yeah, everybody else is in the same boat or whatever your financial situation is. It's all very personal. So that makes it also a bit more daunting. But yeah. So I think
1: kind of moving from there, you have your initial pre-approval. So you know how much you can afford. And then you're looking at, okay, how much money do I have for a down payment or how much money do I have to save for... The amount that I want to put down yes and then there's also some other factors that I think are really important to make sure that you have enough money for
0: okay so
1: I think the first thing is making sure that you have an emergency fund yes. with a certain amount of money like I think the rule of thumb is like three months of income yes um because obviously once you own a home there's a lot more risks like if you can't afford to pay your bills like that's yeah. very bad yeah so I think making sure that you have that emergency fund initially going in, it's going to just kind of give you peace of mind that if something was to happen, if you were to lose your job or to get sick or whatever, you're kind of a little bit more covered in
0: that sense. Oh yeah, I think that's essential. And then
1: I think the other area that you need to also save for is all of the initial upfront costs of purchasing the actual home so there's Mm -hmm. so many things to consider you have to do a home inspection which costs money you have to hire a lawyer which costs money
0: yeah
1: um you know moving just like all the different things that are going to cost you a lot of money so I think having another kind of saving set aside for the actual you know costs to move and to buy a house is also really important to consider
0: I agree and I kind of this is like very close to home because I remember so when Gerald were like Gerald and I were in that process I was about to like give up like all of my savings for the down payment because I was so obsessed with just like making a good down payment and yeah. then my parents were like no keep all those funds you know make a smaller down payment you know, like pay, maybe you're paying more in mortgage insurance over the long run, but you're going to have some peace of mind. And in case you lost your job or something, you're yeah. going to still be above water a little bit. So exactly. I think that trade-off is is, is something you're going to have to figure out, but I think it's safer to pay less on your down payment and have funds in case in case something were to happen. So I exactly. think that's a big thing. Um, So then, and I also love... Yo, girl, I know not everybody's the same way as Haley, but she has made an Excel with 50 million tabs, just like doing all <laughs> the calculations because un- I like to see the numbers. So I think yeah. that's also something to do when maybe this process has happened. You can kind of put in like what our tentative mortgage payments are going to be. I asked Lex, I said, how much do you pay monthly for utilities, et cetera, and kind of just did a rough budget of how much right. funds
1: yeah, I think that's so important. I think building a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did this for yes. the first
0: time, which is so freaking bad. But I'm not, not good okay. with money. We all
1: we all know that that it's Lex okay. is not the money queen. So actually, yesterday Sean and I sat down and. We built a budget with all of my expenses and my income and all the things. So I think yes. that's definitely something that you should probably do like before
0: hey, you move out. There's no time no- a year later. So okay. I mean better
1: late than never. Yes. But yeah. I think that's definitely a huge thing that you should definitely do because it'll just help give you that peace of mind and it'll also help kind of give you a little bit of structure. Because obviously when you're living at home, like You have a few bills you have to pay. Maybe you pay a little bit of rent to your parents or whatever. But, like, you don't have to worry about all of those extra things like utilities and food and all that stuff. So I think it's definitely eye-opening to kind of see, like, okay, this is my budget for, like, activities and fun. And this is my budget for, like, buying things. And, and like, it gives you a little bit more of a structure so you're not just, like, willy-nilly spending money and, and getting kinda, into debt
0: <laughs> yeah and it kind of eases anxiety a bit because right now I have the uncertainty anxiety of like how much money am I going to be spending like what's this going to look like so in a sense I, I had a cry- this is another day I cried but I was like crying about money and my parents were like just make a tentative budget and once you can see numbers it's gonna even though they not, might not be concrete you just have some perspective and that honestly eased a bit of my anxiety just being like Okay, can we do this? Okay, it seems like we can kind of do this. So I think that was a big, a big thing for me. Um, but yeah, the, the financial thing, you're gonna cry because it's stressful, and I'm just gonna be honest. that was that's the biggest stress I've experienced so far. Well, we'll get into more, but, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, so you've done that. you've you've got the pre-approval, you're like, all right, this is what we can afford. The next step is... Finding a realtor. <laughs> wow! Yes. So, I'll let you start this one off, Lex. I feel like this is close okay. to home because she basically was like a uh, undercover realtor for me, always sending me homes. Lex is like a realtor yeah, heart, uh, Honestly,
1: you guys, low-key, I have a dream to be a realtor one day, and I think it's something I want to pursue at some point in my life. I just can't afford to take the realtor course, but... Eventually, it's something I want to do because it's, like, something I'm really passionate about. Also, I love creeping on people's homes, so I feel like it would just be (laughs) enjoyable for me to get to, like, look at people's houses. But anyways, Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely a lot to consider when you're looking for a realtor. So Sean and I, in, like, the very, very beginning, Mm -hmm. this was, like, before we were even, like, actually looking for a home because Sean originally wasn't sure if he wanted to, like, buy a house for us – to live in or if he wanted to invest in like a rental property and like live at home for a few extra years yeah so this was like a year before we even actually were looking to buy a home for us to live in yeah and he was looking at a few like townhouses and stuff like in the city and he just like went on remax or whatever website and like put in his information to like request to go see some places yeah so then they just assigned him with like a random realtor that they had so like we went and looked at like this place and like the realtor like didn't know anything about the property like he asked some questions and she's like I don't know I'll have to like look at look that up and like
0: yeah
1: you could just tell that obviously like it wasn't like she was an expert in that area or knew much about those properties so I guess that was kind of eye-opening to realize that you know, there's definitely differences between, like, a good and bad realtor. I don't want to say bad, but I mean, like, a... Just, yeah. You know. So I think there's definitely some things that you should look at. And I think choosing a realtor instead of just getting assigned one mm-hmm. is definitely really important in my eyes, at least. I agree. I agree so very I, much. So. I feel like getting somebody who's going to know the area that you're looking at. So if you've narrowed down kind of the different areas that you want to look in... Mm-hmm. You know, finding somebody who specializes in that area, I think is so important because you want somebody who's going to be knowledgeable, right? 100%. And I think both of us really did that. I think it's funny because where we live in Sherrod Park, like we both use like probably the top two realtors in, in our area, area for like knowing Sherrod yeah. Park.
0: I agree. And I think it's also an incentive when you're buying because you're not footing that bill. Like, you don't yeah. pay anything for a realtor when you're buying. So, no. why not get the best one in the area? Exactly. It doesn't you know? matter, like, if
1: they're bougie in yeah. your area because you're not having to front a cost for them. So, I, that's also something that maybe a lot of people don't know is yeah. that you don't have to pay your realtor to help you find a house. It's only, only when, when you're selling, selling that you pay. I agree. Um, So I think having somebody who knows the area is key. Mm -hmm. I also think um, somebody who is going to be honest with you and outright. So I know you guys had experience with this. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's going to like not just be about trying to make the sale and like get this done. They're actually like feeling like they want to make you happy and make sure you're going to buy something good. So they're going to point out flaws in the house and point out things that you might not like. And actually like understand what you're looking for so like for example with Sean and I we kind of were looking at some more like newer areas like Mm -hmm. more in the 2000s and then we were also looking at some older areas and we kind of were looking and then our realtor was like okay like from what we've seen so far it sounds like you guys are preferring the older areas because you guys like the yard and you guys like this and this this so then you know she went from there and was like okay well let's look at more of this stuff because why waste our time on things that you guys
0: aren't loving yes stuff like that Exactly. I agree with you 100% on that one. I think having especially as a first-time home buyer, you're like so new. You don't know all these things. Yeah. So having a realtor um who really understands the area, like um the two I'd say Lex and I probably picked very equivalent realtors. Um and the lady that we worked with, she would point stuff out being like, "Okay, this neighborhood in 1971 to 1974 they used aluminum wiring or something like that." And I was like, oh, yeah. "Wow." Like she was very knowledgeable and also I very much valued her honesty because she was like very no bullshit. She was like, okay, yeah, this is overpriced or they did like this type of work job on this. Like you could get better here or she was just kind of like just very blunt and and on but also very reassuring because I was just like, I don't know. Like are we expecting too much? Um, For the price range that we're willing. And she's like, no, I've seen houses that have like can fit your bucket list. And same thing where she kind of would throw some curveballs in there to show us. But then she was like, okay, you don't like this. Let's not even waste time going to look at that. Kind yeah, yeah this and that I
1: think also you want somebody because I think when you're going to buy a home like there's a lot of emotions involved Yeah. (laughs) so I think it's nice to have sort of somebody who's an outside perspective that's going to look at it in more of a logical sense because they don't have any attachment to it right so it's easier for them to be like you know this is a con like I don't think you guys are going to like this aspect of it or whatever so I think that's also really important exactly
0: but yeah and then I, I also think
1: another kind of thing too is personality with a realtor I think is also important because I think a it's some you want it to be somebody that you vibe with as like yes. a human being cuz you're going to be spending a lot of time with them and it's a huge purchase so you want it to be somebody that you trust mm-hmm. but I also think you need to take into consideration that this person's going to be negotiating on your behalf right yeah. so I feel like you want to make sure that it's going to be somebody who will stand up for what you want mm-hmm. and you know oh. negotiate on those things that you want so when they're going to meet with the seller's realtor you know do you trust them to try and get the best deal
0: i agree totally and i also agree because being able to click and vibe with that person is so important because i need to be able to feel comfortable to voice my opinions and not be like pushed around by them being like this is a good house buy it like it's such a good house but then if i'm like i fucking hate this house just because it's a good price like i need to be able to be like i hate that but i love that and like do you think i could get a house like this like just to be able and also yeah getting that reassurance where like I'm like an emotional roller coaster and I need somebody to be like you know what we're gonna find the right house it's gonna be okay I'm gonna make sure you get that good deal like because it is the biggest purchase of your life and you want to be sure that like somebody is advocating for your best interest so I definitely agree with that big time that's one of my biggest things as well I also think lastly, kind of on the realtor front
1: is asking around, getting recommendations from people, you know, because I think that's one of the best
0: ways to know if they're going to be good or not is just like word of mouth. I agree. I agree with that in so many ways, Lex, because I asked you guys so many things because you'd gone through it and say, for example, the inspector we used, like it was amazing and I was so much more confident like from a recommendation from you guys same with like your lawyer getting those kind of recommendations was very helpful because yeah I don't know I trust like I looked at you guys go through the process you got good you're in a good situation so I was like okay well if it works for them I'm gonna go for it as well instead of so I think that was um that's something very important but on the flip side you also have to be very careful who you take opinions from everybody's going to give you or your opinion. So Gerald and I really experienced this both. And like, for example, Gerald would get like opinions from guys from work and, and I could see it sometimes really swaying him. And I'm like, okay, you need to stay true to what you want because this is going to be your house. And I just think Kira actually came in my room the other day and told me this. She was like listening to a book and she was like, you need to make like a, like a little piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, you only write the people in life who you, value their opinion you want to take their opinion and if somebody starts giving you their opinion on something and they're not on your list like just no. why are you listening you know exactly yeah and
1: everyone's going to have different opinions and you can't please everybody so I just think to try and like not let all
0: of the voices affect you it's very hard I cried about this many times it's 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 really hard especially when parents are giving opinions and Mm -hmm. you don't like those are the people that you idolize like my dad and I also we like he he's not about the big yard and I was like dad I'm gonna fight you to the end on this because I want a yard like so it's just like yeah. you're gonna disagree with and and that's hard but on the flip side I also think being open-minded is like key in this process because I know at the beginning Gerald was very not open-minded and I was like about ready like I, I had to give him a pep talk and be like okay buddy like if we're gonna do this you know you need to you're not getting a brand new house, like, I don't know what, and then he would want, like, an old house, it was just all over the place, so, yeah, it was just a bit chaotic, but, but, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any other tips or tricks in the process, because that's kind of where we are right now, like, we're in the process of, oh, I guess putting an offer in. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess we'll talk quickly just about narrowing it
1: down as far as like when you're starting to your search I mean obviously there's a lot out there and it can be really overwhelming Mm -hmm. so I think you have to kind of make a list of what you want to look for in a house yes so I feel like the number one thing that you need to decide right off the bat is location because location is like the most important thing because like there's things you can change about a house but location you obviously can't change yes so I feel like deciding on what neighborhoods that you want to look at and sticking to that I think is really important and just looking at like you know what types of things do you value so do you want a school nearby like are you planning to have children in that house and you want it to be close to a school um what busy roads are nearby like is it going to be loud
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know um thinking about resale value like is this a neighborhood that's like up and coming am I gonna be able to like make profit on this house down the line Yes, that type of thing like I think those are all really important like key factors to think off like right off the bat I agree and then from there I think looking at your more like internal things like what are your must-haves what are your wants like your wish list that would be nice to have but they're not necessarily like you have to have it yes I think narrowing that down and also making sure you're on
0: the same page as like your partner if you're buying with somebody else (laughs) yes that is like fucking a task but I think I agree with all those I think driving around the neighborhood and seeing like what I am I am I an outdoor person do I would I like to walk in this neighborhood like yeah what's close by is there grocery stores how far is my commute to work like Mm -hmm. all those is there parks yeah things like that I think resale value, I asked our realtor at every house, like, hey, what's this, re- like, what would it look like if resale, and, and so I think that's a very important thing to myself as well, like, um, yeah. and then, yes, having your non-negotiables, and, and not being too nitpicky, because I I noticed, as we would start to go through, Gerald would start to, like, nitpick, like, finishings, and I'm like, okay, yeah. we can't be that picky, so I think, not to throw yeah. Gerald under the bus, because I obviously, I was nitpicking No, everyone stuff, does too. it, yeah. I think,
1: too, like, thinking of, like, is this something that can be changed? Like, for example, one of our non-negotiables, well, it was more Sean's, but he wanted an ensuite bathroom in the master, and that was something that, like, he was, like, really set on, Mm -hmm. but that's, like, something that you can't really change because it's, like, the structure of the house, right? Like, if there's no room to add... A, you know a bathroom then that's just the way it has to be so totally. it was something like that's not nitpicky because it's either it has it or it doesn't yeah but finishes like let's say you don't love the kitchen cabinets like yeah. you can save up and eventually redo that or the floors exactly. that's something you can change right exactly. so I think kind of being
0: open-minded to like the potential that the house has yes. is really important I think it can be hard, very hard for a lot of people to be able to see past those things when you're seeing yeah. a house. So I think you, yes, being open-minded is like key and just being realistic. And cause I know sometimes I would get a little crazy and like, I would want to make a house fit. Like one of our non-negotiables was a two car garage. Cause I just know it would cause such like, Gerald would be like, I'd have to give it up, you know, to be nice. And then I yeah. would be like resentful cause you always get to park in the garage. And so like some houses... There would be no space to build a two-car garage. And I'd be like, we can make it work. And so I was starting to also force things. So I think just being honest with yourself and... And writing these things down, because once you're in the flow of it, you yeah. start to, like, get, you know, like, swayed by things. Like, I love that house, but it doesn't have those things. Is that going Yeah, and me? also
1: letting your realtor know about these things and being yes. open about them so that they know, too. That, like, what's the point of showing a house that has no garage yes. when that's something that's, like, a non-negotiable on your list, right? Like, exactly. there's no point. So, and then I also think, too, another thing that you need to consider as well, once you're kind of really, like, narrowing it down, is looking at, like... Actually trying to picture yourself like living in a place to so, like yeah. look around like at your neighbors. Like if there's like a dumpy, nasty ass house beside you, like is that gonna affect, you know, your
0: yeah,
1: life because there's some like weirdos living beside you, or like totally, you know, let's say it's a corner lot and it's got like a massive yard. Like, are you gonna hate your life because you have to mow that lawn every week yeah. or shovel this massive driveway every single time it snows? Like yeah. things like that. I feel like when you're looking at the house, you're just like picturing like the good things like oh I could see myself lounging in this living room and like cooking in this kitchen but like also think about like the whole picture
0: Mm -hmm. no I 100% agree like if I think that should be part of the non-negotiables is because it's your quality of life and you if you're miserable living in a house like what's the point you know exactly so no I think that's a big thing I think um I think Lex and I will make this like a multiple part series because I feel like it's so much information at once so much yeah but I think it's a very normal feeling to feel overwhelmed. I've cried probably, like, all a lot. Like, <laughs> I'm excited, but it's it's an emotional yeah. roller coaster. And don't overwhelm yourself. Like, it's, it's a
1: process. It's yes. not like a race, you know, unless you're in, like, a huge time crunch for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I think try and just take it slow and don't rush it. And like you said, don't try and, like, make something fit even though it's not yeah. right. Because I you're just like, good. I want to get this over with. Like, this one's yeah. good enough type thing. 100%. Um, I'd say, like, don't go and look at more than, like, four to five houses max in one day because you're just going to feel overwhelmed and get confused. Yes. So just try and take it slow and steady. You know, trust your realtor. Yes. Um. You know, send them some properties that you like that you want to go see, but also be open to them giving some some yes. suggestions as well. Um, and I feel like the main thing overarching that, like, I was trying to, like, remind you of during these past, like, <laughs> month-ish time is that, like, it's supposed to be fun, right? Like, it's <laughs> enjoy it. Like, you only get to go buy your first house one time. Yeah. And yes, it's stressful, but, like, once you actually get to go and tour houses, like, it's fun. Like, just be like, woo, like, I'm shopping for a house. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's,
0: it's it's fun and exciting. Yes, I definitely agree with Lex because I was starting to make it miserable for both Gerald and I. Um, so I think being lighthearted was one of my 2021 resolutions and I kind of lost a little bit there, but I think, I think I was carrying, I think I, I'll talk about this more in future episodes, but I just like kind of have a lot of mixed emotions with it. I think that's where the struggle came from a bit. And, and I just think I agree with you because now that we've picked a house. I did I did enjoy like that stuff, getting to go and look and I probably should have taken off a bit more pressure, I'd say. Yeah. Because I and I also think a big thing is this is something I always had to tell Gerald, (laughs) but we're never gonna find like the perfect house. Exactly. It's never gonna be perfect. We're not building this from scratch. Like our dream. And even
1: people who build homes in hindsight, they're like, Ah, I wish that I'd done this or like this isn't what I would have wanted if I could do it again. Like There's literally no such thing as, like, a 100% perfect house no matter what. And especially, especially, I think, for your first home, I don't think you need, you can't have too high of expectations. Like, don't compare yourself to, like, your parents or, like, your aunt and uncle because, you know, they've, this might not be their first home. They've probably built, like, you know, up to where they are now. Exactly. And I feel like it's definitely hard with, like, social media and, like, comparing yourself to other people and, like, what you see on Pinterest and stuff. Yeah. I just think you have to be realistic.
0: (laughs) Yes. Because you don't know. Those people could be, like, highly leveraged in debt and they, maybe that's, like, they could have just this beautiful home, but it's just obviously not the same situation as you. Exactly. Or, like, they might have started off with, like, Living in some, you know, yeah.
1: crappy place. Like, you I don't just know didn't where show people have started. So just keep that all in mind. And
0: yes. it's all you know, relative. Don't stress. <laughs> yes. It's easier said than done. Yeah. I've been documenting my emotional process, so we'll deep dive into that on a later episode. But I think Lex and I kind of want to make this a fun part series because I think we both have a lot of knowledge now mm-hmm. and still learning and information. So I think let us know if you guys are in the process slash – have bought in a house in the past however many years as a young 20 year old or if you're in your 30s and you bought your first house or whatever the process I think it's all relatable um we're all dodging this blindly
1: so <laughs> exactly yeah I think well, I hope you guys learned a lot I hope it wasn't too much information to throw at you but yeah hopefully it was useful because yeah be... I hope so take some notes people yeah and then <laughs> Not also that we're experts but I think it is good to just hear it from a perspective of people who are just going through it just like
0: you yes I agree But yeah, we hope you guys are having a good week. And we're back at it again. Wow. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye.
1: Bye.